0: Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides. I'm your host for the Sunday School Hour, Reverend Bill Riley. Pastor Dontell Halls is our senior pastor. We want to keep him in prayer as well as his family. Welcome. Our Sunday School title for today is David's Grief for Saul and Jonathan. David's Grief for Saul and Jonathan. Furthermore, Proverbs 21.1 tells us that even the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. God has ultimately authority over everything, including the decisions of leadership. We see God's unacknowledged sovereignty everywhere in scripture, from the hardening of the heart of Pharaoh to using the kings of Babylon to punish Israel. We also see his sovereignty acknowledged by kings like David. Throughout Israel's history, there were kings and leaders who chose to honor God as Lord. Those who acknowledged him only when it was convenient and those who did not seem to honor him at all. But God used all of them to bring about his sovereign decree this quarter. We are going to explore Israel's kings and leaders and how they interact with God as they played their distinctive part in his drama. God is the giver of life, he gives each breath to every living soul breathes. Death is an enemy to him. First Corinthians 15:26. Generally Speaking, no one should take pleasure in the death of another. Even in wars and battles where death is inedible, taking another human's life is a scar soldiers carry all their lives. When criminals are put to death, there should be grief for those who went astray. When the innocent die, there is an immense sorrow. If we remember that God created humans to live forever, We understand that the fall of mankind ushers death into existence. Life is the greatest commodity on earth. Life is the greatest commodity on earth. Yet, we also often dismiss it as something worthless or replaceable. Each person receives only one life, one earthly life. When it is gone, that's its all. It is. There is no reincarnation despite of what some people believe. There are many deaths that, w- that takes place in the United States. Um, there are those who are taken by criminals. There are those who are taken by themselves. There are those who are taken from sickness and disease. But also there are those who are taking in abortion. We have all the episodes in our lives that causes us grief, loss, causes grief. Various types of losses result in different levels of grief. The death of a loved one, the loss of an opportunity, and the failure of business ventures all induce grief. Though at different levels of severity, how we handle our grief can determine its strength, longevity, and influence in our lives, just as we can describe times of grief in our own lives. Our lesson outline can be found in first Second Samuel chapter one verses eleven through twelve, through seventeen and twenty seven. Our lesson text can be found in Second Samuel chapter one verses eleven to twenty seven. It is broken up into three parts: the mourning of the house of, of Saul, the lamentation for the falling, deep sorrow expressed. Second Samuel chapter one verse eleven. Then David took, his, took on his clothes, took hold of his clothes and rented them. And likewise, all the men that were with him and they mourned and wept and fasted until even for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. And David lamented with his lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. Also he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher: The beauty of Israel is slanged upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it on, tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Agabola, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields or offerings, for there, the shield of the Almighty is vilely cast away, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. From the blood of the slang, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned back, not back, and the sword of Saul returned, not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in the death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were mighty and stronger than lions. Ye daughters of Israel, weep over Saul. For clothed you are scarlet with other delights who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou was slain in thy high places. I am distressed for thee. My brother Jonathan, very pleasant has thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful. Passing the love of women, how are the mighty fallen? The weapons of war perish. Life is filled with both joy and sorrow. Why some people seem to have more or less joy or sorrow than others is one of the enigmas, the human condition, obviously sin, either directly or indirectly is at the root of many of the sorrows we experience. While some sorrows can be traced to bad choices on our part, others cannot. The book of Job demonstrates that even the righteous may, may suffer greatly. Job tragically lost his children, his health, and his wealth. Even so, he would not curse God and die. Job 2.9 and his wife suggests as his wife suggested since sorrow is the common lot of human beings how we usually work through grief is fairly predictable those who have experienced deep sorrow will probably recognize the five stages of grief denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance while people in the biblical world did not enjoy the technological advances and modern conveniences we take for granted. They dealt with sickness, sorrow, and death in much the same way we do. In short, things have not changed in thousands of years, mourning the house of Saul. At the end of last week's lesson, David had fled into the night to avoid being murdered by Saul. For nearly a decade, he was a fugitive moving from place to place while being hunted down by the king. His pursuers were often so close that David said, there is but a step between me and death, 1 Samuel 23. For a time, David even sought refuge amongst the Philistines, chapter 27. King Saul strayed further and further from the Lord even as the Israelites continued to battle the Philistines with the death of the prophet Samuel. Saul had no one from whom to seek spiritual guidance. So when Israel confronted a large Philistine army, Saul was afraid and his heart greatly trembled, realizing his need of guidance. Saul inquired the Lord of the Lord, but the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by the prophets. At this, Saul sought out the witch of Endor to try to ascertain the future. Rather than being confronted with a message of hope, Saul was told that Israel would be defeated and that he and his sons would die. The very next day, the two armies met on the battlefield. As predicted, Israel was defeated. And so was Saul and his sons. I probably won't get through the whole lesson, but I just wanted to bring up some interesting insights on this week's lesson. My Today's aim is to be able to see God' providence. Through the lives of David, King Saul, the Philistines, the Amalekites, everyone during this period of time and how God is circumnavigating his purpose and his plan for his provision. As you know, King David was uh, anointed to be king because Saul, King Saul, was disobedient time and time again. David was probably anointed somewhere in his teen years, but from the time he was anointed, it was probably about 15 to 20 years before he actually took hold of the kingdom. Although God chose Saul to be the first king of Israel, we can see the heart that David has for God through this particular lesson. Let's take a look. In biblical days, when kings were getting old, the tradition the tradition of choosing the next king would normally be from the king's son. However, there have been talk, there have been um, induendos that David, after slewing uh, Goliath, could possibly be the next king of Israel. And from that time on, uh, King Saul has threatened David's life and was chasing him for about 15 to 20 years. In 1 Samuel chapter 24, one of those events is recorded in how Saul went after David. In 1 Samuel chapter 24 it says, and it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him saying, behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3000 chosen men out of Israel, all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks and the wild goats. And it came and he came to the sheep coats by the way where was a cave and Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the in, in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thy enemies into thy hands, that thou may have do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. And it came to pass afterwards that David's heart smote him. In other words, the Holy Spirit convicted David because he had cut off Saul's skirt and he said unto his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed to stretch forth thy, my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul arose out of the cave and went his way. David had an opportunity to kill Saul. However, you see the anger and the frustration of the men that David had hanging around him. They wanted to kill uh, King Saul. They wanted to get rid of this, this pursuer of this fugitive. They had an opportunity. They wanted to persuade David. David might have wanted to kill King Saul, but couldn't because his heart was in um, control of the Holy Spirit of God. At this time, David is made in an alliance with the Philistines and the Philistines government was governed by these warlords of five particular cities. However, During this time, David was also pursuing after uh, the Amalekites and other nations, small nations, renegating their land and also their goods. Basically, David is trying to prove to the Philistines that he is no longer in allegiance to Israel. In chapter 26 of 1 Samuel, it says, Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Zip having 3000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of zip and Saul pitched in a hill of Hilikiah which is before Jeshim by the way but David abode in the wilderness and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul was come into very deed. And Saul had come in very deed. And David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched. And David beheld the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son of Ner, the captain of the host. And Saul laid in the trench, and the people pitched around about him. Then answered David and said, to ahimelech i get that out in a minute ahimelech the hittite and abishai the son of zuror brother of joab saying who will go down with me to saul to the camp and abishai said i will go down with thee so david and abishai came to the people by night and behold Saul laid sleeping within the trench and his spear stuck in the ground at his boister. But Abner and the people laid around him about. Then said Abishai to David, God has delivered thy enemy into thy hands this day. Now, therefore, let me smite. I pray thee with the spear, even to the earth at once, and I will not have to smite him the second time. Wow, what great anger. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointing and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him or his day shall come to die or he shall descend into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointing. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear and at his boister and the cruise of water and let us go. In 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 10, David pronounces maybe the fate of Saul. Um, well, basically what David's saying, the battle is not ours, but it is the Lord's. And inside that verse 10, he said that that it's possible that God will, will, will take care of Saul. And so he did. And that's where we are today. After all these years of being pursued by Saul, after being um, hated by what he's called his father of the kingdom, David grieved after Saul. I don't know if I would have been able to grieve after Saul but that's just me looking into the scriptures. I have no idea what um, this love relationship between this family. David's lament for the falling. Beyond the general mourning of the day David learned of the death of Saul and Jonathan, he continued to lament their death. The lamentation was not just a personal. However, David wanted it to be taught to the people, to the children of Judah, The phrase, the use of the bow, could be rendered the ode of the bow or the lament of the bow. The contrast draws attention to the Hebrew text, which reads literally, and he said to teach the sons of Judah the bow, which makes good sense if the bow is used as a title. I guess the best way to describe this lament is... Understanding that David understood the power of God. David understood God's sovereignty in the affairs of men. David understood that the day that he most regretted has now come and God is now taking vengeance upon Saul and removing him from the kingdom. God's mercy and grace is given unto us. Like the book of Lamentations that we always uh, speak from Lamentations 3:22. It says, "It is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, because His compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness." It's been about 15 years since God had pronounced that He would take the kingdom away from Saul. However, in those years, there was no repentance. And maybe if it was repentance that, you know, that God's sovereignty, you know, when God speaks a judgment upon you, that he does not change his mind. You know, um, however, we see that King Saul became worse and worse to the point where he had started in, in doubt, endeavoring into an abominational things like uh, seeking after which, witches to. Give them outcome of his wars. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called upon me and I answered, here am I. And he said unto me, who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said unto me again, stand, I pray upon me and slay me for anguish is come upon me because my life is yet whole. In me and what this Malachi did was he must have been watching from afar um, the battle he lied to receive a handsome reward he thought that by bringing um, David the crown and also uh, King Saul life was taken by him because he was uh, apparently about to die because of his wounds, this Amalekite thought that David would have rewarded him handsomely for taking Saul's life. He thought he was doing David a favor, by the way. After bringing David the crown and the bracelet, then David took hold of his clothes and rented them likewise, and all the men that were with him, and they mourned and wept and fasted, Until evening for Saul and Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they were falling by the sword. Although David probably knew that it could happen. And today it happened. And I want to look at real briefly on the inside of David's heart and the anger and the frustration um, that this man felt. For what took place in verse 12, it says, and David said unto the young man that told him, whence art thou? And that he answered, I am the son of the stranger and Amalekite. By the way, David just got finished destroying. And David said unto him, how was it that thou wasn't afraid to stretch your hand against God's anointing in verse 15 and David called one of the young men and said, go near and fall upon him. In other words, kill him. Verse 16. And David said unto him, this is David venting. And David said unto him, thy blood be upon thy head for thy mouth have testified against thee, saying I have slain the Lord's anointing. And David lamented with the lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. This is one of those podcasts that even though I'm putting it down, I don't even know how to receive it or even understand it. However, I put it out the way God give it. I believe that it's under the unction of the Holy Spirit. However, hopefully that this will make sense to you in some way, find you where you are. And may the Lord bless you and keep you in heaven, smile upon you.